all, they're, they're crazy and they're all family and I'm never going to go back out there again. So they already had this planned out um, that he was going to take the rap for it. She went up there and she signed a thing and told them he is in a well on their property. Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast, The Last Southerners on the Left. This is the Freezer Files edition where we'll be working cold cases from the surrounding counties and uh, that we feel don't get enough attention. So today we'll be working on Austin Wise, part one, and I'm Daniel. And I'm Jalen. In this case, there's yet to be anyone convicted, so we won't be naming the real names and uh, all the names we use, it will be fictitious. Okay, so um, just to start off with, Austin went missing on May 29, 2017 from Waycross, Georgia. He's now been missing for three years, and the information regarding his case is all over the place. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I agree least. with you, but before we get into that, you know, to the details, let's talk a little bit about who Austin was and how his family describes him. Austin was 24 whenever he went missing and he would be 27 now. His mother describes him as someone who was always smiling and happy. He would get the shirt off of his back to anyone who needed it to help you out. Um, and he was a very tender-hearted kid. He did live with his mother for most of his life. They lived in Florida. I don't know the exact place in Florida, but they lived in Florida until something happened and his mother needed to move to Waycross where some of their family was. Um, however, Austin wasn't one for change. He didn't want to yeah. leave. He wanted to stay where he grew up, where he had friends. He knew his school. So he stayed there while she moved to Waycross. And Austin wanted to stay in Florida, you know, and he didn't, he didn't want to leave his friends and the school. And so he stayed there. Um, but I mean, I had him up till them few years when I first come here and then, then he come on up later on. Um, now his mother admits that he wasn't a perfect kid. And he's been, like I said, he, he wasn't an angel. I mean, he had his, his demons too. Um, when he got here, he got in with the wrong crowd of people and he hadn't been out of jail, not even two weeks when he went missing. You know, once he moved here, he'd gotten mixed up with the wrong crowd. You know, he had been in and out of jail. He was actually out of jail for two weeks before he went missing. And he was trying to get his back or his life back on track because he had a daughter. Tell and us a little bit about the daughter. His daughter was, I believe, about two years old whenever he went missing. So she is five years old now. And in his mother's words, his daughter was his entire world. Uh, they were like thick as thieves, you know, like they were very close. He wanted the best for his daughter, and that's why he was really trying to get his life back on track. I think she even told us yeah. you know, that he had a job interview. Yes, he was trying to get it together. Like I said, he has a little girl, and actually a few days before he went missing, that's all he was talking about was, you know, and at the day he went missing, he had a, um, he hadn't been out two weeks. The, um, one of the, um, 
trailer plant called me or called my phone. I guess he had given him my phone number for an interview. And he, he was trying to get his life back on track. And, uh, and it's a mess. I'm like, oh, Attica didn't even know what to say to him. Well, right now he's missing, so not going to make the interview. Now, once Austin went missing, um, that was really rare because the way his mother described it is they talk literally every day. And if something was to happen to Austin, good or bad, she said that you know she would be the first one that Austin would call when yeah. he was in danger or trouble or anything like that. And like we said before, you know, he did have a past and he wasn't afraid to call his mother. He would call his mother, that, that was his first phone call, you know, like, hey mom, I'm in trouble. So for him to go three years without talking to his mother? Yeah, it was abnormal for him to go three yeah, years. Yeah, abnormal. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the disappearance, Joan. Austin, he went missing on May 29, 2017. I'll say it again, from Waycross, Georgia. He was five Five foot five and weighed about 130 to 140 pounds. He had light brown hair and hazel eyes. We'll insert a picture of Austin just in case you have ever seen him or seen someone like him. Any tips are appreciated. Um, he was wearing a white t-shirt, blue jeans, and white tennis shoes when he went missing. He was last heard from when he called a family member who I'm pretty sure was his mother. Yeah. Um, to come and pick him up from a home that he had just left near the 3900 block of Ware County, Georgia. However, when this family member showed up to get him, he was no longer there and has not been heard from since. Yeah, a little bit about the day before uh, he went missing. May 28, 2017, he was at a residence house and we'll call her Catherine for privacy concerns and because uh, no one's been charged yet in the case. So he called his mother pleading for her to come pick him up, stating that he was scared. And Austin informed her that Catherine's brother, who we'll name Jack, allegedly pulled a gun on him. I had met that little, the little girl. He went, he actually went missing two and a half miles from my house. Um, I met her on a Thursday and Friday night he called me and you know, was saying, please come get me. Her brother's pulled a gun on me and I said, I'm like, now that doesn't sound right, you know, why Why would he do that? And he said, well, he looked at me. He said, I looked at him funny. And I, I was like, well, you know, it's late. I'll talk to him more tomorrow where well, I didn't get to. Um, we'll delve into that a little later in some yeah. of the later, the later episodes as we get into them because, you know, even his mother agrees that there could be more to that story. Because, um, you know, while it could very well happen, this is the South, we have a lot of guns and some people aren't responsible with them. It could very well happen that someone is just, would have just pulled a gun on Austin for looking at him funny. And we don't know the situation. We don't know if there were substances involved or anything like that. But we also want to at least give thought to the fact that there could have been something else going on there, a potential argument. Uh, maybe Austin was involved in a situation in that which uh, an led argument, to violence. Or... An argument could have happened and, you know, this Jack man still been upset about it. Yeah, exactly. You know. So anyway, it gets crazier from there. So Lana decided that she would ask Austin more about this when she got him the next day. However, this did not happen. When she arrived to pick Austin up, he was already missing and was not there where he was supposed to be. The following day, Lana reported her son missing. 
and two officers came to gather information about the report from Catherine's house. At this time, one officer told information about the other officer that would seem to make this case even more insane. Allegedly, this officer was laughing and talking unbelievably bad about Austin with Jack, the same man that allegedly pulled a gun on him the night before. It's almost like they knew that the law wasn't going to do anything. Um, actually, one of the sergeants that come out there the day that Austin was missing, and it was before I got there, which was probably a good thing, <laughs> but the other deputy that was with him that knew Austin, he liked Austin. I mean, even though Austin had been out there to the jail, he was no trouble. He, he, he would look out for him. Well, he told on the sergeant, the sergeant was standing up there with, um, saying that my, my son wasn't nothing but a drug head. He's probably just ran away. And I mean, just really bad things. Now, again, we don't know what goes on behind the, uh, you know, walls of the police department. So we don't know what he was held accountable for or he wasn't. We just know that we haven't heard of anything particularly. So Lana went up to Catherine's house and asked her about the alleged gun being pulled on Austin. When um, he was reported missing, I ran over to her house and I asked the girl, her and her mother were standing there and I said, who pulled the gun on my son? And uh, the mother took off in the house and she looked, you know, shocked. Like, how do you know that? And, mm -hmm. and I said, well, you know, Austin told me that your brother pulled a gun on him. And she said, yeah, yeah, my brother pulled a gun. I said, well, why, you know, why did he do that? And and she said the same exact words that he said because he looked at him funny. And I'm like, what? Catherine didn't even know that Lana knew about that. So she said, why was the gun pulled on Austin in the first place? And if she knew anything about it, and Catherine Dean allegedly told Lana the exact same reason Austin had told Lana the day before, because Austin had looked at Jack funny. So that does kind of corroborate the situation earlier that we were talking about with yeah. uh, you know, him saying that he pulled a gun on him just because of the, you know, and looking you know, at him funny. So. And you know, Austin could have asked um, why he was pulling a gun on him, and he could have said that that was the reason. However, he could have had a deeper reason inside of, you know, his mind that he was doing this and just didn't voice it out loud. Could have been. You know, been. I mean, anything could have happened. We weren't there. We don't know. Yeah. However, um, the next day, Lana went to the Sheriff's Department where they assigned Austin's case to a detective that was allegedly first cousins with Catherine and Jack, you know, the same people that Austin was last known to be with. Already, there's a conflict of interest in the case. However, this information was not known to Lana and her family for an entire year after her son had already been missing. Lana began to ask for the detective on the case, Mike Thrift, to be taking off since he was a conflict of interest. However, to our knowledge, the sheriff did not do this. He was eventually taken off of the case after this year was up, but not because of what Lana was asking for because he was promoted within the department. They then assigned the case to a different detective, Missy Thrift. However, Missy, in Lana's opinion, hasn't really been much of a help either. We will get into more details about her later and how she has helped. However, Lana has even tried 
to have the GBI or FBI take over the case, but has allegedly been told by the police department that the GBI has looked at the case and has determined that they have done all that they can do. However... What has really been done. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Lana begged them to fly a helicopter over where her son was last seen to help aid in the search for him. To which they initially denied doing so, it took a week for them to finally agree to fly a helicopter to search for Austin in this area. No results were found, so after Lana begged them to fly it again, because in her heart she knew something was wrong, she was allegedly told by these officers that unless they were growing dope out there, the helicopter would not be flown again. So, the mother begged for them to find her son, and they did nothing. The information about the gun being pulled on Austin and the reasoning behind it had allegedly been brought to Randall Royal's attention, the sheriff of Ware County, on many different occasions, as well as the detective on the case. However, this, this information, from what it appears, was simply swept under the rug. Especially since this is the information that we, you know, have been given from like the sheriff's department. Really, from what we can tell from the sheriff's department, they haven't really released anything. They haven't really released any statements from, you know, since 2017 on this case. Now, the one thing about that and, and why they may not is because this case could potentially still be open. We don't know if it's cold or not. Hopefully, we'll, you know, get response back from law enforcement and they'll agree to let us interview them as well and we'll get their side of the story. But to date, we don't really know of any kind of progress on this case. So, you know, we're still left at a standstill. But anyways, let's get back on track. Uh, Lana had went out looking for her son by herself many times, but on the second day of looking, she was allegedly told by Catherine's mother that Lana could go anywhere to look for her son except for by Jack's house. Now, if this actually happened, that seems like just something that you really wouldn't tell a mother that's looking for her son, you know? You would want to come out there and say, you know, I'll help you search. It would appear that something deeper is going on here and the sheriff's department has done virtually nothing for this mother and her missing son. At least from what we can see on the outside. So, Lana's had to organize searches for her son on her own without any help of the local police department. She allegedly contacted Randy Royal about organizing the search many times, but they were all turned down. She was also told by Mike Griff that they would not be searching any ponds because, and this is quoted, if they search one, they would have to search them all. They all kind of, I mean, they'll say we're not family. They are um, very close related. Um, and when Mike Griff first took the case, he, oh, me and him had it out daily. Um, he didn't want to do anything, nothing. And he basically told me um, that Robin didn't do anything and none of them done anything and that he wasn't going to do anything. Presumably, there have been multiple people come forward and say that they have heard Catherine herself admit to what happened to Austin. In their words, allegedly, there was a fight, and after this fight, Austin hit Catherine, which this is not something that his family believes. But anyways, allegedly after this happened, Jack then turned and shot Austin in the back. They then allegedly rolled his body into a tarp, put him into the back of Jack's truck, and drove him to an old well that is located on the property and disposed of his body inside of this well. 
Obviously, this is a very crazy case, and there's so much more information to dig, dig into, but we wanted to give you guys an overview. And a really, really just an introduction into Austin and yeah. what this case is really going to consist of. Personally, I don't believe that he just yeah. randomly ran away after contacting his mother and telling her that he was scared and that he wanted to come home. Exactly, so, but there's there's several characters involved in this, and um, we're going to break down each one every week and uh, give you you know whatever we can find on that particular person. And in the end, you can make your own decision on uh, you know how Austin was as a person, um, how the characters that surrounded him were, and. Uh, what you think led up to the events that happened that night because at this point we're unclear but uh, it's definitely something worth continuing and something getting into and uh you know so as you follow us continue to uh like our videos subscribe and you know we'll be delivering it as we work through this case we'll be delivering it every week okay and we'll see y'all next time on austin highs part two